Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily, the podcast, with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we spoke to Mr Penalties, Ben Littleton, in light of the fact that uh, the Man City keeper... Edison seemed quite, seemed quite keen, should I say, to take Manchester City's pen against Tottenham at the weekend. So we looked at the history of penalty-taking keepers and, indeed, the only penalty we could track down that Edison has taken so far, and it's not what you'd expect. Uh, we also uh, chatted to Kevin Day, friend of the show, comedian, writer and Palace fan, looking at the future for his club as they go through a bit of a tough time. We had some classic clips of the midweek, which we brought you on a Monday, uh, which were some old uh, favourites from 2008. And Andy and I had a bit of a chat about the football and more. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And congratulations first to Chennai Chief Groundsman Ramesh Kumar for his Man of the Match Award. What a marvellous pitch he produced there. <laughs> Fantastic. You know that he replaced the groundsman, the BCCI, decided to replace the groundsman that, that had produced the wicket for the first test that they oh. lost. And they brought in this bloke. That's a surprise, isn't it? Did he bring his own <laughs> sheet of corrugated iron with him? Or did, did, did brought his own pebbles and sand from that beach. <laughs> no, he went to that beach, just got a load of that and put it on top. Yeah. Honestly, if he, if if India were a country, a county rather, mm. they'd have been fined and docked points for that pitch. Don't we just do sad. the same, Andy? Don't we just do the same not, when it's no, our conditions? not like that. Not like that. That wasn't fit for cricket. Uh, Vaughney, uh, Warne, Mark Wall, lots of people saying, it's not fit for, you know, look, yeah, it's one thing to prepare a, a, a pitch that suits you. So that's perfectly legitimate. There's another thing to produce a pitch that's not fit for purpose. And that's yeah, but had they purpose. lost the toss, they would have been big on the risk. receiving end of this. Oh, so big, like, it was a big uh, risk. Why would you prepare a pitch a on a 50-50 toss then like that? Because they think, they thought that that would give them more chance than if they played England on a proper wicket. Oh. It's as simple okay. as that. Well. And it's a shame because they're more than good enough to beat England and they probably will win the series and I think it's a rather a pity that they but they obviously did panic they'll deny it and say oh no we didn't but they did <laughs> we will <laughs> so, have a chat you know. with Jeremy Snape former England uh, spinner a little bit later on uh, as we look back on the day's play and, and some good work by Ben Folks behind mm. the stumps wasn't it 
Oh yeah, lovely. He's a great keeper, isn't he? He really is. But and he bats well. He's, yeah, yeah. He's really, really unlucky not to be the England wicketkeeper in any other era. I think he will be. He's clearly the best wicketkeeper around. And uh, some good stuff. And the football was uh, quite enjoyable over the weekend. You say and, that? Uh, some good, well, not for you. Yeah, blimey. But doesn't it when Spurs turn up in Plymouth's kit? I don't think that was ideal. But there you go. <laughs> it's going to rub off you in the end. I've got. I went. But I mean, I, I, I was just not interested. I mean, I, I realised after that free kick, we weren't going to lay a glove on them. They were playing well so I, I mean apathy is not a good thing to have as a fan I don't think from what I've saw on social media I'm alone in that I was just I just lost interest in the game I knew there was nothing mm. in it for us um, and so it, it was a very very tough watch but City City are very good they do that to quite a few teams but I think we're a team that we yeah, set up to lose 2-0 we lost 3-0 so I suppose it was a failure really <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, apart from the free kick though I mean Harry Kane I'd say that's the, one of the poorest games I've ever seen him have he's yeah. just, it just wasn't him uh, maybe he's not fit which is very possible and uh, and I think Regulon's been a big miss for Spurs yeah, I think Lacelso has been as well maybe the, yeah. that early start of the season is, is starting to catch up with them a little bit you know the trouble was that the idea was to play the second string when they were playing sort of Krakatoa and the lost city of Atlantis in the qualifying rounds of the Europa mm. League but of course they made such a mess of it they had to bring in all the big players they had to put out full strength teams that early so um, the second string didn't help them out and I think they're showing the certainly after the game against Everton midweek I mean it's not the only excuse it wasn't a great performance but anyway we'll, we'll, we'll and talk City, more. City and we'll talk with Motti City are terrific yeah by uh, Alan Smith yesterday during commentary for Leeds Arsenal at one point Ailing caught Aubameyang on the ankle he said he's caught him on the Aubameyang ankle so I thought it was quite good <laughs> do you want other I footballing think... parts of the body like the Aubameyang ankle <laughs> if we could put in like a game of operation a game of football operation if we can put that together without setting the buzzer off but can you beat Aubameyang ankle that's very good he called Stuart Dallas Hugh and realized, I think he realised he started laughing and then, uh, but then Jermaine Je- Genus called um, Neil Mopé Neil Morpai yeah. I think he's quite slim really yeah. a bit of an insult really <laughs> so a couple of those on the weekend what else do we have? I've got a bit of housekeeping Andy oh, yeah, on. and remember we, mm. on Friday we, we broke with tradition we talked sailing because we were just oh, going yes. into the Prada Cup and we were talking about <laughs> Great Britain Ben Ainsley Sir Ben Ainsley and the team on the cusp of great going to the America's yeah. Cup to take on the mighty Kiwis. Well, over the weekend, we went 4-0 down. I know, so. I was going to have a Chelsea-style rant about it. I'm very unhappy about it. <laughs> Hello, that boys. Ainsley's useless. Hello, Adrian. Just want to say, Ben Ainsley, Jim Ratcliffe, time for him to go. 110 million quid on a boat. 4-0 down to the Italians. It's a joke. It's a joke, Adrian. So uh, we may be getting some say- talk sailing. The old phone-in's going mm. mad, you know. It's true that we don't. So we think that when somebody spends 110 million on a boat, it sounds ridiculous. But we don't think that when they spend it on a footballer. No, that's actually. true. That's, that's true. Mad, yeah, isn't yeah. It? yeah, I was disappointed to see there were four nil down. I did read the bother to read it this morning. I sorted it out. I can't say I actually bothered to watch it, but uh, <laughs> you know. So it's all over now, anyway. What can you well, do? no, it's not, Andy. Uh, it's the bet. They, it's the first to seven, so we could have a great fight back and, oh, uh, and yes. win the next. You know. Seven races, and then and then we're there in the final. But we got everybody's hopes up on Friday, I'm sure. But you barely slept this weekend. Talk sport listeners, Bob and I both worrying about the sailing. No, absolutely. <laughs>
<laughs> it probably is, yeah. And uh, on this day in history, uh, the f- tallest man ever recorded, Robert Wadlow, him, yeah. uh, grew to an incredible 8 foot 11 inches. Mm. And uh, I don't know if Tony Poulis tried to sign him. He would have been tremendous <laughs> he would, with Rory Delap. I think, sadly, <laughs> he'd passed away. <laughs> he probably had by, by that, that point, stage. Yeah. Do you know what um, <laughs> Thomas Tuckle's been getting up to in his hotel room uh, on his own in London? But before sounds, you answer that, sounding, think about it. I, I do know, because I was reading it, but it sounded really grim his life really I mean his family are in Paris it's not easy is it really no. I mean he's not complaining which is good but uh, he's reading a lot of crime he... books yeah yeah he's, well. uh, he's basically spending his evenings he says um, I just I read lots and lots of crime books at the moment maybe getting himself on edge I don't know and um, I, was, I was trying to think, there was a story the other day about Preston uh, North End, and it says, Liam Lindsay is happy to hit the ground running at Preston as he tries to fill the Ben Davis void. And I thought, the Ben, <laughs> the ben Davis void feels like one of those books that Thomas Tuckle, he'll be trying to hunt it down, getting it on his Kindle, won't he? I, honestly, on transfer deadline day, it was so ridiculous. The only story all day was Ben Davis joining Liverpool. Mm. And when it finally went through in the evening, I sent you a text, a picture of the TV saying, it's happened, he's gone. Yeah. But now he hasn't played. He didn't. I don't know if he's injured. I thought he, thought he might play. I hope, I hope he's better than the other one they brought in. He had a collision with, well, it was hard with his first game. Yeah. It wasn't ideal. Allison, I mean, honestly, what has happened to him? Brilliant keeper, two weeks running. He's sort of done that, but what can you do? Have the Have it's you noticed difficult. the greatest disgrace any defender can have in football? The the humiliation, which is bound to get you a meme, is to be sat down. Did you oh, see? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that phrase we heard it so often over the weekend. Uh, yes. Davison Sanchez was sat down by OK Gundogan mm. the other day, and there can be no no greater disgrace than to be sat down. It was kind of more exaggerated by the fact that he tried to. Head yeah. away on the ground. I don't know what Spanish for Mr. Gr- Senor Grimsdale. <laughs> if he shouted that as he went down, it, it was the full tangle of legs and full Norman wisdom. There's a touch of the Dick Emery's in there. Ask your granddad, kids. Yeah, yeah. But the only sitting down he needs to do is with Ledley King, really, to remind him of what he was like for the first six months he was at Tottenham because uh, he's not quite the same player. And staying with that, um, the, this is a little story you may have seen about Eric Lamella, who's been caught speeding three times in the space of two weeks. And apparently admitted the offence, um, which which is fine. But um, I thought he could have got off with it because there isn't a judge in the land that would believe he would use his right foot, which of course would be resting <laughs> on the accelerator. You've got the perfect. You've only got to watch true? two or three games of him playing. So this is the man who doesn't use his uh, right know. foot. This, there was one. There was one it, on Saturday. It was so missed. noticeable. Yeah, just put it up the line with your right foot. Just use it. Yes, I know. Or practice. How about practicing with your right <laughs> foot? I mean, I, I never understood this. I mean, when my kids were young and we used to go and play football, I'd always do like a drills where I go, "All right, use your wrong foot." So mm. you sort of work on it. Why can't professionals do that? It's amazing. Very isn't it? good question. Although you know, there's been plenty mm. of great one-footed players. You can, you know, have a pop at Lionel Messi. That are you, I suppose. Well, I think he has got a right foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he prefers, that. prefers not to use it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Actually, Bob and our both have sufficiently got over the disappointment of the Prada Cup sailing to bring us Charlie <laughs> Adams' apple. Yeah, That's not bad. This is off the back of uh, Alan yeah. Smith saying Obama Yankel um, at <laughs> the weekend. That's an injury and, and a half. Yeah, Jan Collarbone. Uh, that's that's pretty good, yeah. Juan <laughs> Matatarsal says uh, Pete. That's we quite like that. And obviously, Glenn in St Albans says um, Tangit and Dom Belly. 
of course. <laughs> and then you've got lots of other stuff. As I think we may be running a bit thin on these. Julio Cruciate. Cruciate doesn't work at all. It doesn't all. really work. Does it? Yeah, it doesn't work at all. <laughs> it's cruise. Ron, Ron Cruciates might work slightly better. <laughs> it might do. Yeah. Talking of Ron, I don't know if you saw the uh, the sun on Saturday morning ahead of the Spurs-Man City game, Man City-Spurs game, and uh, it said, Jose Mourinho must find a way to get the better of Man City's special Ron today. England starter Phil Foden was given the name Ronnie by his gran when he was a toddler. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't really say why, but they've they've basically assumed that it's something to do with Ronnie Corbett. Yes. And given put Foden's head on Ronnie Corbett's body. <laughs> Uh, which is quite strange because it's a, it's not actually it's the body's far too small. Yeah, it does look it does look it did look a bit creepy, didn't it? It was it was almost slightly out of whack. I did notice that. Yes, how he would look as seventy? Why bother? <laughs> it's a pointless thing Why that newspapers bother? do. Absolutely. No point at all. Anything else you want to talk about, Andy, while you're here? Mm, Yes. Uh, I like James Madison's after-match analysis. I thought it was great, really. When he went, Mm. I don't know if you guys noticed, but we went to a diamond. It was brilliant, really. You don't get footballers talking like that, generally. It was really refreshing. It did work. And also refreshing was Cara, I thought, on on Saturday. Really critical of Lloris. Mm. And uh, and Aurier said, always likely to do something stupid. I mean, normally they'd say, oh, he's got a mistake in him. I quite like that non me mouth sort of punditry. I think it's yeah. good. You know, say it, call it as it is. So, good idea. Uh, did you see that the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine, I was in Patrick Kidd's column in the Times at the weekend, uh, they've been uh, looking, as, as you often do, at the phomitic transfer of inoculum to the mucous membranes via sports equipment. <laughs> so it was obviously really? nothing on the telly that night, so they did that <laughs> instead. But the whole point of it was they looked at the, the white balls and the red balls, and they, they said there was a noticeable difference in virus transfer between red cricket balls and white cricket balls. The synthetic grease used on red Red balls resisted COVID better than the nitrocellulose on white ones. So they're saying that the, the white mm. ball, it sticks to it a bit more than the red. Which is interesting because the white mm. ball's more likely to go into the crowd than the red ball, if you think about the way yeah. one-day cricket but is. Not the so. way India were playing earlier on. <laughs> Quite a lot of those went into the crowd, didn't they? But it's true. I see that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I didn't see the umpires having to uh, clean the ball or anything or sterilise it or whatever you, they were going to do with it. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, you would have noticed at the weekend that um, Edison showed an interest in uh, taking the penalty for City that Rodri put away. Less than convincingly, I think it's fair to say, so maybe you'll get another chance. But uh, Ben Littleton, the author of the excellent book on penalties, 12 Yards, has, um, has been writing uh, about uh, this today. And um, the goal-scoring, um, penalty-taking goalkeeper, it rarely happens. It never happened in the Premier League. And mm. Ben joins us now. Good afternoon, Ben. Hello, chaps. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been a first, wouldn't it, had he got his chance. Uh, maybe we'll kick off with the one penalty you've managed to track down one of your Brazilian contacts and say it's not the kind of penalty you would expect him to take, is it? Well, it wasn't what I was expecting. I don't know what you'd expect, but for some reason, because we see Edison so, so often just taking 
really accurate, long, powerful kicks upfield. I thought he'd go off a really long run-up and just blast it down the middle. Yeah. David Luiz style. That would be my expectation as well. Mm, me too. <laughs> it's a total opposite, in fact, guys. He's actually got a very slow, deliberate run-up, and he waits for the goalkeeper to move. So it's goalkeeper-dependent, it's called. And, uh, and he rolled the ball very gently into the other corner. So it's actually much technically harder skill to, to execute um, and maybe the surprise element is, uh, is, is part of the, the appeal. But, you know, he's still fighting this case to take a penalty. He's been quoted as saying, I'm the best penalty taker at the club, but I'm not chosen to take them. So the conversation persists. And, you know, as we approach the Champions League knockout games, it becomes really much more important as to which players will take penalties for City because in the past... Uh, well, Pep Guardiola teams have, have really been stung by missing penalties in key Champions League games. I'm thinking, well, Chelsea fans will know, Andy, that Messi missed one in 2012 against Chelsea and uh, Thomas Muller missed one for Atletico Madrid in the semi-final for Bayern uh, a few years later. And so, and Aguero missed against Spurs a couple of years ago as well. So yeah. it's really important that Guardiola gets this decision right. I mean, City's penalty record, which they illustrated a match of the day, 82 taken, 22 missed. I mean, that's quite a high percentage of misses, I would have said. I don't know how that compares to other people. But I want to ask you about a fundamental flaw, Ben, in the idea of a goalkeeper taking the penalty. The penalty saved. <laughs> what does he do? Right. That's a, it's a really good question. And it adds like a, a really great element of jeopardy to the whole thing. So... If the goalkeeper is taking the penalty, the option for the, the team that is um, taking the penalty is that they can have loads of players just back on, back on the halfway line or, you know, put, put Kyle Walker back in goal just in case. But the chances are that when a, if a goalkeeper saves a penalty, he doesn't often save it and then bring it back into open play. It's often pushed, pushed around the corner or um, cleared for a corner. So it, it doesn't always go straight back into open play, but it does add a huge element of jeopardy as to where the other players on the pitch are positioned if the goalkeeper is taking the penalty. And the other thing is that even if the goalkeeper scores, it's not always a guarantee because we saw in uh, 2004 a German goalkeeper, Hans-Jörg Butz, who was a, a penalty specialist, uh, scored a penalty for Bayer Leverkusen against Schalke. And he was so busy celebrating with his teammates on the way back that Schalke... Uh, when they kicked off from the restart, shot from the halfway line and scored in the <laughs> equaliser. So, you know, there, there are elements of jeopardy involved. I see David Priest, though, and it's in your little penalty newsletter today. David Priest, the former Sunderland keeper turned goalkeeping coach at Osterson, says uh, all the talk of Edison taking pens for Man City, structure team to minimise the risk. Let him take them, place three defenders on the halfway line and the ring of four players ten yards around the box to nullify a counter and three players on, on the edge for the immediate second ball. So he's got it all worked out. Well, it, it, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but, you know, we are really t talking about a group of elite technical footballers who have a free shot from 12 yards so the amount of conversations that we're having around the fact that it might be their goalkeeper having to take one because mm. um sterling and gundogan and aguero uh, have all missed penalties this season de bruyne is currently injured uh, jesus and mares missed them last season but you know there's still a load of good players on that pitch that are not the goalkeeper like phil foden like bernardo silva um like laporte 
you know, who could step up if needed, Cancelo as well. You know, there, there are lots of players that you think should be able to score from this from this situation. It's a bit of a Brazilian tradition, isn't it? Is this where Edison kind of feels that it's not that unusual that in the way that maybe a, a British goalkeeper might? Because in Brazil, there's been quite a few penalty-taking keepers over the years. Probably the most famous was Brazilian. Definitely, and not just Brazilian, but also Sao Paulo, because uh, Sao Paulo is where Rogério Ceni played. He he was uh, their former captain and club legend. He scored over 100 goals uh, for the club, in fact, 132 goals, of which 70 were penalties, and he scored 61 free kicks as well. (laughs) And one from open play, of course, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. Exactly. But what it means is that every goalkeeper who goes through the Sao Paulo youth system is now trained in free kicks and penalties because they're desperate to find the new icon, the new kind of mythical player to replace Saini. And Edison himself came through that academy. He only spent one year there when he was 15 years old. But for that year, he trained penalties and free kicks. So he sees himself really as an expert because he was trained so intensely at Sao Paulo. So his argument really for taking them is what well, I trained at Sao Paulo, the home of goal-scoring goalkeepers, to, uh, to take a penalty. But I would argue that that's also a case against him taking one because he only trained at Sao Paulo. He hasn't actually taken one. He's played over 300 games and he's yet to take a penalty. <laughs> Good stuff. If, if you like plenty of penalty chat, 12yards.substack.com for Ben's penalty newsletter out every week. Good to talk to you, Ben. Thanks very much. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Andy. Uh, ben Littleton there, the author of the excellent book on pens, 12 yards. Fine read. Mm. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Joining us now, talk a bit of Palace, what he makes of everything that's going on is uh, comedian, writer, Palace supporter, Kevin Day. Good afternoon, Kevin. Hello there. If you were watching Palace in the Champions League final, we were tuning up, there'd still be some of our fans Googling next Palace manager. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. Especially if it was Roy. God love him. 
Yeah, I mean, mm. I, it's, it's interesting. I, one piece that came up was uh, Steve Cooper would be a very canny appointment, as the new uh, oh, they've been saying. Mm. So there's lots of people suggesting potential replacements for Roy. Does it feel to you that something will happen in the summer? In the summer, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. I think it, it's really strange at the moment. You know, if you do jury service yeah. and the prosecution lawyer gets up and does his little speech at the start and you think, this bloke's down to rights, we'll be here for 10 minutes. And then the defence lawyer gets up and you think, this bloke shouldn't even be in court. It's, it's, and that, that's how it feels at the moment because, you know, you, I watched Palace on Saturday and there aren't enough words in the thesaurus for how bad we were. And then I watched Fulham last night. They were really good. But then you look at the league table and we're 11 points above them. So mm. we must we must have won some games somewhere and played some decent football. You'd, you'd, you'd imagine. And then, and then because there's a lot of people say, well, if, if, if we'd had crowds at Sellers Park, Roy would have been sacked already. But then if we'd had crowds at Sellers Park, Maybe we would have been playing better football when he wouldn't be sacked. So I don't. Something will happen in the summer. The, the problem is that fans will be coming back sort of from September through to this time next year. Stadiums will be getting fuller, and Steve Parrish has got to lure people back to Sellers Park. And there isn't a lot of money in this area. There wasn't before COVID. There certainly isn't now. People are going to be nervous about coming back. You're not going to lure people back with the football we're playing. That's that's the trouble. You you, you really aren't. It's it's hard to watch it on telly. To be perfectly honest, it's, if you think about actually paying money to watch it, it's it's not it's not good. And then yeah, we watched that game. He didn't make changes. We've got decent attacking players, but he won't let them off the leash. And this whole nonsense. Everyone says, well, you're well organised at the back. We've got the second worst defensive record in the Premier League. Yeah. So the Steve Cooper one. But I I don't think Steve Parrish myself will go for a. a a championship manager. I don't think he'll take that risk. I think we there's there's a list of usual suspects. I think Sean Dyche or Eddie Howe are the most the yeah. most likely to be favourites. My, my own view is, and I argue with myself about this because I like, even last night I went, well, what about Steve Gerrard? And then I go, well, why would Steve Gerrard come to the Palace? And I say, well, why did you suggest it in the first place? So, <laughs> it's, 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 That's a great conversation. Quite mad, aren't you? You know how football fans are because it's. Like, I've, I've got a feeling. Yeah, the thing with Eddie Howe is like you've got two beautiful budgies in the same cage there with Steve Parrish and Eddie Howe. I'm not sure that would work, but I've, I've got you know someone like John Terry would really fit for Palace fans. Somebody with Premier League experience, but somebody who's also a bit a bit gnarly, a bit a bit street, if you like. And yeah, John Terry's a much nicer pe- person than the tabloids would have you believe, and he's a really good football person. So I. I I'll be looking for so, but it won't happen until summer. I don't think Steve Parrish wants to be the man who ends Roy Hodgson's career, to be perfectly honest. And and I think we are. I don't like saying it out loud, but it, it would take a lot for us to not to not be safe. And in those circumstances, I don't think Steve Parrish will do anything expensive. Basically, now I was going to say yeah. rash, but expensive more than anything. You'd like it to be a decision that you think Roy's earned the right to make that decision himself in the summer. Is that what you mean? Absolutely, and I, I, I think I think Roy Hodgson will, will be one of those managers that Palace fans will think better of him when he's not our manager. Do you know, what I mean, and yeah. most Palace fans appreciate what he's done, and most football fans appreciate what he's done. It's just that the two biggest teams he's managed, Liverpool and England, it didn't quite work for him. But if you talk to West Brom fans, Fulham fans, Switzerland fans, most Palace fans, he's a he's a brilliant manager at a certain level. He's a decent man. He's a nice fella. He deserves to make his own decision about when he when he leaves football, basically, and whether or not he's asked to stay on in some capacity, I don't know. But, I, I, you know, you wouldn't want to be the man that kills Bambi, would you? Which yeah. is essentially what, what would be yeah. happening. So I think I think it will be in the summer. And then 
you'll see what happens. There'll be the inevitable. Yeah, I'll be on several times a day, and then miraculously, <laughs> Alan Pardew will be manager, and everyone will go, "What's happened there?" <laughs> there was a, there was a bit of a. You mentioned John Terry. There was a bit of a shout for Frank Lampard at one point. I, I was reading in the papers, but uh, I don't know. How would you feel about that? Well, the thing is, Andy, you know, it's like we'll be linked with every available manager, basically. Mm. And and the Frank de Boer thing went so badly wrong. And Because I thought the Frank de Boer thing was brilliant when it happened. I thought this is very unlike Palace. It's very imaginative. It's very forward thinking. And it went terribly, terribly wrong. So I don't think he'll look outside England. And I think, but I think he will want to change the profile. And somebody like Frank Lampard would be, would be great because I think... It was too big a leap for Frank from Derby to Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? Or too soon a leap. Do you know what I mean? I think we all think Frank Lampard will be a brilliant coach, but it might be that he leaps at the chance of coming to Thornton Heath and, and sort of rebuilding his... Well, he doesn't have to rebuild his reputation. He didn't do a bad job at Chelsea by by any means, really. But I, it might be that he'll want to come to to Palace. I don't know. It, it, or it might be that he thinks his next his next job will be a Champions League club. It's it's hard to tell. It's, it's We haven't got the money to really sort of lure the, the bigger managers that are out there. This is why someone like Eddie Howe is the most likely thing. And I, I, I really, again, the trouble is if you go for a championship manager, and I'm the sort of person that says, yeah, you should take risks, you should invest in young English talent, but I expect other clubs to do that on my behalf. Kevin, we you ask one... My club yeah. Sorry, nearly out of time. Just want to ask a quick question about Wilfred Zaha. They've lost 18 out of the, the 20 games where he's been injured. Has it become a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy or is it the kind of cane for Spurs if he's not there, they just don't tick? Or do you think the players get it in their heads, well, if he's not there, we're done for today? I, I think it's the latter. I think it's getting in the players' heads because the thing is, I know he scored goals this season, but you can't look at one game in particular and say Wilf's had a brilliant game. There's not one game this season that Wilf has grabbed by the scruff of the neck and, and you think well we should have lost that game but we didn't because of Will so it's, it's not it's not because he's our best player by a country mile this season that we're losing these games it's just simply the players sit in the changing room or three changing rooms or whatever it is nowadays and they think they know they know the record they know they think we, we can't win without Will it's as simple as that yeah. personally I think we miss Jeffrey Slut more than we miss Will but once that's in the players heads and we all know even at Sunday football we, you know, we had a terrible Sunday football team except we had one kid who was brilliant who couldn't be bothered to play for anybody better and if he wasn't there we knew we'd lost and it's just, it's as simple as that in the Palace dressing room I'm, I'm afraid and, it's, it's, and that's a failure of management though. it shouldn't come to that that no. one player has such an effect on 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 a team, you know. And, and Harry Kane, Harry Kane thing. But look at the rest of the Tottenham team. There's still people in that Tottenham team who should be scoring goals and stepping forward. Sure. It's just it's just that most you know the Palace players look round at each other and go, well, who's going to do it if Will's not here? Absolutely. Yeah. No. It's, it's it, it happens more often than you think. Good to talk to you, Kevin. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch Thank up you. with you soon. All the best. Nice to talk to you both. Take care. All the best now. Bye bye. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Kind of. Because uh, you may recall a little while ago, uh, I think the first lockdown, we found this old box of dusty mini discs from back in the day and we were playing you some clips as they went out on a particular week. Um, And so, well, we've discovered a few more and uh, our producer has pulled these together. And um, so we're on a Monday when Andy is with us, we'll bring you some of these old... These are from May and June 2008, so there'll be a few voices that have moved mm, on okay. mm. and a few that are still very much uh, here at Talk Sport. And uh, we're going to begin with someone you've been hearing give us excellent cricket commentary over on Talk Sport 2 over the last couple of weeks, Andrew McKenna. Here he is with the sports news. 
Sir Alex Ferguson's confirmed Manchester United have agreed new contracts with Rio Ferdinand, Michael Carrick and Wes Brom. Blimey. <laughs> Can bring the whole West team in. Bro. Well, it could be one or two players West. in there that could be quite useful. <laughs> it was Wes Brown, wasn't it? I just realised. Yeah. Brilliant. This is John Gaunt uh, taking a call. Hi, Jim. You're on TalkSport. What do you want to say? Good morning, Jim. Happy St. John. Happy St. George Day. <laughs> Lots of Jims, Johns and Georges in there, wasn't there? This it's is not Mr. St. Jim's day, is there? This is Mike Parry taking a call about Cristiano Ronaldo. The amount of big games he's showed himself, you know. The Champions mm. League, I mean, that run he made for that header. Yeah. I mean, that was unbelievable. And how many yards did he run to get the end of that? Probably 100. Um, Okay. <laughs> it's a long run. It's a long run. <laughs> he must have built up quite a pace when he finally got there. I think he probably did, yeah, yeah. Here's reporter John Hyde now with an update from Ali Carter versus Sean Murphy in the snooker. Carter looking relaxed, but he has been known to let the lead slip and Murphy will pounce on his misses at every opportunity. <laughs> Can't be Dear, doing that. They're going to fall out about that, surely. <laughs> That's appalling behaviour, for goodness sake. Uh, back to John Gould again with a very indecisive caller. What do you think about an Armed Forces Day? Do you think we, we should have one? I'm going to say yes and I'm going to say no. Thank you, caller. Thank you. £100 <laughs> worth of vouchers. Congratulations. Alan Brazil and Ronnie Arani on Breakfast Now talking sports psychology. Trying to motivate them and letting them know what the job in hand is. They get more and more nervous mm. and it goes the other well, way. Know your players. Know your players. Absolutely. Some need a kick up the backside. Some need an arm. <laughs> but, but, an arm, an arm round the shoulder. Be, be better if you probably finish that. Finish that sentence, Alan. I just all got a bit all creatures, great and small. Uh, Mike Parry again with Andy Townsend getting musical. Do, uh, do you want me to give you the first line, Andy? Go on then. Dirty old river. Da, 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 da. It's that one, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's his new musical. It wasn't really the first line, it was like the first three words, basically. (laughs) That's right, as a country and western song or or something by the Wurzels for some reason. (laughs) Another caller to John Gaunt now, talking about a trip to Las Vegas. In the end, after I'd actually been to Vegas, it only cost me about 100 quid because I won most of it back at playing a casino. Ah, top man, top man. So the luck was with you, the lady was with you, was she? No, no, I went on my own. Okay, fair enough. He meant, he meant lady, lady luck was the route he was going down. Now, this Brilliant. is a very youthful Max Rushton. Max will be back with me on uh, Wednesday. This is one of his uh, very first talk sports shows. He was filling in for James Whale. Uh, talking about moments where you basically are about to die and, and the emotions that go through your mind. Sherry is in Bath. Hi, Sherry. Hello, Sherry. Who am I talking to? You're talking to Max. Hello, Max. Hi, how are you doing? You all right? I've been listening to you all week. You've been wonderful. Oh, that's were very, you, very were you kind in the of you. RAF? I was never in the RAF, no. Oh, I beg your pardon. <laughs> Lord help the country if Max was in the RAF. <laughs> that's the last time a caller gave Max a compliment. <laughs> 2008. A bit harsh. <laughs> but uh, didn't he sound young? The boy rushed in there. He so did, like he yeah, was, he I did. think he was about 11 when he did that first show. <laughs> were you ever in the RAF? He was still building Netflix models, I think. <laughs> this is Nigel Botherway, and a caller with an extremely drastic solution to a fishing problem. Hi, Nigel. If we want the fish stocks in the North Sea to recover, we need a world war. The stocks really thrived between 1939 and 1945. Sad, but true, I'm afraid. Cheers from Bill in Islington. Yeah, of a price to pay, Bill, though, isn't it? <laughs> really? Hell of a price for to a, pay. For a God a drastic, <laughs> drastic. Uh, yes. And finally, uh, it's uh, Alan Brazil talking about, of all things, opera. And I thought <laughs> your, your favourite opera is what? I would have to say La Boheme. 
Labohem. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful opera. La, Labohem, am I right in saying was Miss Saigon on the stage? No, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Who was he talking to there? I'd love to know. I don't know. Actually, uh, well, yeah. Scottish football manager, I don't know. They've got a bit of an opera. <laughs> Madam Butterfly, wasn't it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. So there we are. Some old clips there from uh, 2008, uh, May and June, and we'll dig out a few more for you from the archive, those dusty old mini-discs. Next week, uh, we're going to be chatting to uh, John Hartson uh, very soon. And um, I don't know if you saw this, Andy. There's a new, there could be a new player in town for TV rights. They're suggesting oh, that yeah. the good people at um, the Zone, who, who, who are... Um, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's right. They're, they are showing an interest in Premier League rights. Uh, the Netflix of sports, they've been called. We've seen some boxing on there. They could be in the mix, joining everybody else for, for the rights. Well, I'm sure the Premier League will be hoping that that's the case because otherwise the rights are going to get the money. It's going to go down. Yeah. So, uh, but it seems, you know, as long as you get fans back for next season, hopefully in full, then I think the the thing is still a fabulous product. But there, there's got to come a point. I mean, even somebody like myself, I love football. I really love football. But I can't say I'm particularly enjoying this season. I can't, I'd love no. to say I am. You know, and we've seen some good football. But in the end, everyone said it. You know, the fans are everything. And without them, you know, I can't see the rights, you know, getting more money for, for this product. But yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, would you would you be nervous going back into a football stadium? I mean, you've had, yeah. you've had your first jab. It wouldn't, but a lot of people, that we were talking about this last week, but there's a lot mm. of people sort of over 60 who are thinking... I don't want to put myself in that situation. Well, well I'm fascinated. By, I wouldn't be worried, but I am fascinated by the fact that uh, when when mask wearing first came in, they sort of, basically they said, "Oh, it doesn't make any difference." We've now got to the point where last week there were there were two reports saying actually not only do they make a difference, but it's better if you wear two. And I've yeah. been wearing two right though. You know, you I've, have. You've been, you've been Johnny two yeah. masks from from the, from <laughs> yeah. the off, because really, haven't you? It's, it's kind of logical. It's you know, so there's been yeah. so much misinformation. Well, you let's, it's less a mask you wear, Andy. It's like it's just it looked like you look like a Formula One driver <laughs> um, getting it's out of his car. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a sort yeah, of full kind of that's right. It's, it goes over the face, and you wear a mask over it, and it's, it looks like, you look yeah. like the Invisible Man often. But it's done its job. It's done its well, job. It has. Isn't it? So far, anyway, touch wood. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Matt Rushton, but, uh, he says, I do have I do have um, ten ten vision. He says, which is better than twenty twenty. So I could be in the RAF, but I don't really like flying or war. So that might uh, well that's yeah that's uh, once you well, said that, that in the interview that'll be the reason then. Once you've said that in the interview, that might be quite difficult. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, Charlie Baker with me tomorrow from one. Then uh, Max will be here uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and he will return for the birthday spread late on Thursday and he'll be back on Friday to build up to the weekend. If you can listen tomorrow from one, that would be great. If not, the podcast will be available around five. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.